Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Comic Chronicle Podcast. I'm your guys' host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. Today, we have a very, very fun guest on the show today, Steve Orlando. You know, big, famous comic book writer, Martian Manhunter, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, all sorts of jazz, like so much more, to be honest with you, and so many new things coming up. We'll talk about that later, but... My God, we talk about a lot of fun stuff. We talk about comic book writing, how comic books are teamwork. We talk about staying positive and positivity and less fighting and jazz like that among communities. All sorts of jazz like that. So, folks, I do want to say is make sure you guys subscribe on whatever you listen to. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, ComicChronicle.Podbean.com. Subscribe on there for new episodes every Monday. Whether they're interviews, which we do mostly of interviews, we do our reviews, we do some very special talk show segment stuff. We do a lot of fun stuff on this podcast, mostly interviews, but really, really fun time with Steve here today. And make sure, folks, you guys can follow me on social media at Dakota Morgan 3 on Twitter and, of course, on Instagram at Dakota underscore Morgan 97. And if you want to catch me live on Twitch where I play video games, go ahead and catch me live on Twitch, CodaRex 97. And on YouTube, Dakota Morgan, where I do dinosaurs, toys, podcasts. So many a lot of animal stuff on there. So, so many video games, all sorts of jazz like that. Dakota Morgan on YouTube. Make sure you guys subscribe on there for even more content that I do. And yeah, hopefully you guys have been doing well. Staying safe out there. It's pretty chaotic, even in 2021. So please stay safe, stay healthy, wear a mask, all that sort of jazz like that. And stay positive. So without further ado, though, let's dive right into My Little Duck with Steve. And yes, we're recording. Now, Steve, I wanted to save this. I really wanted to tell you this when you answered the phone. Well, when you called. Steve, man, you are the most peaceful person I know on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I'm only laughing because I swear a lot often, and I tend to have strong opinions. So what do you mean? I don't know. It seems like, I don't know, like it's not, I, I, so maybe peaceful is the wrong word, but it seems like the most nicest, and I think... I mean, to me, I'm a very desensitized guy. <laughs> I mean, you really have to be to work with carnivores in life. But it's one of those things where it's like I enjoy so much your Twitter feed because it, it one, brings a little bit of joy. Two, I agree with you a lot on a lot of stuff you say. So I'm like, you know what? Steve is a lot enjoyable. It's not the you go on Twitter and you see all this negative crap. Even from people, they're usually positive. But you, it's like, you know what? I really enjoy this. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. I mean, yeah, I try to be at least as real as possible. I don't like everything, uh, certainly. But, uh, you know, what? people know what I like and what I don't like. And uh, I just, you know, uh, I'm from upstate New York. I tend to tend to be pretty frank about things. And mm. I also just don't see a lot of point in, I mean, I kind of, you know, when I do get into arguments or I do really get a lot about something, it's something that matters, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, at least that's what I try to do because folks, especially now, um, are trying to not be bombarded with 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 stuff uh, 24 hours a day. They already can't get out of their house. So I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad to uh, I'm glad to hear that. I don't take a lot of shit. I take the shit seriously that matters. Uh, yeah, but a lot good. of a lot of shit in comics that we think matters doesn't really matter. You know, <laughs> at, least the way, at least in the way that people make it out. You know what though? It, it, in fairness, especially in modern day times with what we're all fucking facing, Jesus. You know, it's. I, I often say people are like, oh, my, how can you argue about this? I'm like, listen, it's either this or we argue politics and COVID and we get real dark and serious. I'm going to argue about whether or not Martian Manhunter is a good fit for Hawkgirl, okay? Yeah, <laughs> like, well, I mean, I feel you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, and I, dude, I got to say, too, is actually I've, 
I don't know. Like it's it's been an interesting time to say the least in comics. Like I have someone asked the other day and they said, What is it like working in comics? And I'm like, Well, it's uh it's very interesting. How's it been for you recently? You said before we started you hit kind of a wall. I mean, is it been kinda of like that for a little bit for you? Oh, I mean, I'm just hitting a wall in life with the fact that I I mean, you know, I, li- I live in Boston. It's a high density oh. city, and uh, and you know our numbers are not great. So I just, you know, this, I, I I'm lucky in that working freelance, I can work from home. I'm used to working from home. I've been doing it since 2015. Um, but also, you know, I I definitely am I'm missing, you know, ever leaving the house other than walking the dog. So it's all like we're all having to find new ways to sort of relax and, and give ourselves time off. Cause I think all of the normal things that we, I should say the things that please us before, at least in my case, you know, I've done them all. I've done them all to death. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's a good thing. I have an extensive reading list because, um, I've had a lot of time and I had him whittle, and I'm whittling it down, but not with comics, you know, like, uh, it's been a really good, ever since I went freelance in 20, right before this all started, uh, you know, I had given this article in Hollywood Reporter about how I was going freelance after, uh, four years exclusive at DC and it's been, it came at the right time. You know, I would say the interesting thing is I think in 2020 barring outside factors, I probably wrote and worked three times as much as I did in the years before, but I was like a third is stressed because it was oh. all for the most part stuff that I created. Um, and it was, you know, it's just like you're, you're pushing that creativity out, you're pushing those ideas out and it's a perpetual motion machine for sure, but it's a good one. Uh, and the nice thing is that a lot of the stuff isn't even, uh, they're not even books that folks know about yet. So there's a lot coming, uh, and, and it's still going. I mean, the hustle is, is real. The next question is how can I, how can I find a, a day off yeah. once in a while? But it's a job that I really like. It is a job. I, you know, be creative works are a job, but it's a pretty fucking great one. So it's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been busy as hell, uh, and you're always got to think about the, the next idea. Uh, knock on wood, I haven't run out yet. Uh, but, I, yeah. It's been it's been a change, you know. It's totally different from when you're on contract. But as I said, I've been pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and I think that's the best way to go about things is to be surprised, be able to be surprised, which is a way to put it, I suppose. But if you go about it like, oh, it's going to be this, this, and this, and this, you will be proven wrong so many times, especially in comics. Like, also, power to you for going freelance because. There's people I know who want to, but they've never been, I won't say names, but they've never been able to take that step because they've been too afraid to. So power to you, man. Like, that's awesome. Well, I mean, thank you. And, and I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're afraid. I mean, it, there's a lot of factors that go in. So I understand that impetus to say that. But I just want to say, like, it is, you know, you're you're betting on yourself and yeah. it can be challenging. It was, it was, I mean, it was frightening for me too. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to be you don't want to you don't want to get too comfortable because that sort of takes the power out of your hands with with in any work situation mm. uh so you know i mean like i've worked for dc since i i i went off contract there um and i probably will uh continue to uh but i don't only have to i don't solely depend on any one place yeah. and, and there's a lot of freedom for that but uh, you know you you don't because you don't want the folks that you work for to know you've got nowhere else to go yeah it sort of is uh it doesn't really help in the bargaining uh so it, it's honestly been 
top to bottom, uh, a positive year, uh, and, and even with DC, as I said, because now, you know, I know uh, that if something did happen, um, I can make it uh, without working there. But also, it's been nice to be welcome back for stuff that, again, uh, you'll see soon enough. Sweet. I mean, I have to say something here, and it's one, it's a kind of a weird thing, but did you ever own a Redbubble store? Redbubble? I have a T Public store, but not Redbubble. Okay, it was T Public because if I remember correctly, I'm actually looking at one right now. I believe it's your T shirt, actually. I bought one from you, the pay, uh, page one panel one. That is my shirt, yeah. Yeah, I I got one actually. I meant to say it's an awesome shirt, and I've sent people to your store before about it. That's why I was like hoping we could do the video thing, but I was like, ah, oh, damn it, and Zoom's not been working. It's been glitchy as hell for my computer, and uh, but I do actually have one of your shirts, believe it or not. Well, I appreciate it. Of course, man. Of course, and it's an awesome shirt. People really like it. Uh yeah, that's good though. That's honestly, you you couldn't say it any better. Is to be able to go work for all this stuff and. And be able to work at DC, be able to work wherever you want. It's kind of the dream. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you you got as I said, the, the, you have to keep hustling. It is always different, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, it is. Um, it's been really nice to know that I that I don't I, I don't owe my ideas to any one location and things like that. As I said, a, a change, uh, but but a good one, you know. And I think I was getting a little comfortable too, and that that yeah. sort of you got to rebel against that. Yeah, uh, you got to rebel against it because that once you get comfortable, your ideas can get stale. You start to just sort of like double down on the things you've already done, and it, it's not good for anyone. It's true. It's true. I mean. You know, I got kind of a, a thing. Is I've been asking fellow writers of mine, friends and people I've had on the show, and you know, I wanted to ask you, Steve, was this, was, have you been able to come up with a lot of stuff? Like, have you found yourself doing more writing as kind of a therapy sort of thing in, like, quarantine world and then to now and sort of shit like that? Like, you're like, you know what? I'm going to take a break from the news, going to take a break. I'm going to go write something. Whether or not it gets published, whether or not it goes anywhere and such, has writing been a therapy for you? Because it has for me. So I was kind of, and some people have been saying yay, some people have been saying nay. Yeah, I mean, it's complicated. I think that you want to talk about, I mean, to be frank, I haven't really had time to do things that I I don't think potentially would be solely just for me. So with that, which I wish I did, by the way, but Hmm. so with that said, uh, it's a balance, it's a tightrope walk, because you don't want, you want to write about things that are important to you, and obviously that's going to involve things that are going on in the present moment, but also you're not, you know, uh, readers aren't paying to be a therapist, so so like it's a line defined to write about things that matter and write about things that you're passionate about, but also not you know, you're still delivering a story. Oh, uh, yeah, that's what I was meaning. You know. uh, I was meaning, like, being able to escape into worlds and sort of thing like that. Not meaning, like, write out your problems in the story, but, like, meaning to be able well, to escape people, in the trust story. trust me, some people do that. Yeah, they so, do. <laughs> they do. You know, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's been nice. Uh, I mean, it's all, you know, I think, like many of us, uh, it's been a year of disillusionment, and I think you're, you're seeing that in my own work uh, and, and work to come as well, and, it's more just about how you find the story in that. I mean, mm. a lot of Commanders in Crisis is about that, uh, and more so. Uh, I mean, everybody thinks they know where it's going, uh, but it's 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 not going where people think, so far at least. So, like, mm. it's it's about taking these taking these ideas that you have and, and finding a way again to make them broadly appealing and broadly thought provoking. 
Um, and I'm trying. I mean, especially as I said, with books like books like Commanders in Crisis, books like uh, Project Patron, which is coming out from Aftershock, which is about the death and rebirth of a Superman, uh, basically being a work, being a being an inside job, uh, and you know. There's a sense of dis- disenfranchisement and disillusionment, uh, certainly, but I'm still trying to find the hope there. You know, by the, mm-hmm. by the end, um, I want to find the hope and I want people to know that you can maybe find it in places that you couldn't before because that's what I want to have happen. You know, like, I don't want... Um, I don't think, you know, I, there's a tendency for me to just be like, well, things are shit right now. Uh, but honestly, I think we need to aspire higher. We can say things are shit, but then we have to, s- to consider how they might not be in the future, uh, at least from my point of view. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, will it work out? Well, watch my 2021 releases and see what happens, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, that's the best way to do it is have the optimism, push forward, you know, keep the hope on there. That's the, honestly the best thing you can do. And, you know, try to... Put a little bit of good into the world. Shit, if I could just do comics full-time mentally, I would. But, you know, mentally it's like I want to put more in the world. Like, that's why I work with animals and do comics and the podcasts and stuff. Like, put more more good into the world and have the hope for later. And that's the best way to go about it. You know, work hard, get it done, and go about it as a peaceful kind of life. And I think you, people will find a little bit more happiness. Well, we're trying. I just, yeah, yeah I mean... It's like, like I said, like, I don't even know if you have to, like, our obligation is necessarily to put good in. We just have to really, I feel like just saying things is, is kind of half the work, I guess is what I'm saying. And, mm. and even if, you know, even if your point is one that is not necessarily super optimistic, you got, you, you want to show people how you got there. Uh, like, uh, maybe we're talking about the difference between art and story, you know, like. Mm. Um, you can, I mean, screaming from the top of a building is not a story, uh, but it can be art. And, and, and I think that, you know, we have to, especially now we have such intense emotions. We sort of, we, we want that outlet and we deserve it, but we also have the obligation to deliver, you know, fully formed thoughts. That's our obligation as creators. In my opinion, at least everybody's free to disagree with me. Um, and there's a place for just, as I said, like, provocative and like raw emotional art mm-hmm. uh, there's a place for that too there's a place for everything right now uh but where i've been at is on the narrative side which is good which is definitely good because the world is shaped by story in a sense we could say and the, if you don't have story you can't i mean shit it's been the stories have shaped everything and changed everything in people's lives since cavemen i mean you know just drawn stories up on the wall so, like, people who say, oh, stories aren't important. It's like, no, stories are always important, people. I don't know what you're talking about here. Like, you always need a good story. And no matter if it's nonfiction, fiction, romance, or what it is here, it shapes more things. Than, like, I tell people, they're like, oh, st- people who tell me, oh, story doesn't matter. I'm like, look at pop culture in the world around you. You have Yoda oranges, okay? <laughs> like, Yoda's not an orange. Obviously, story matters because it's story affects everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, uh, well, I don't know who said that to you, but, they, you know, there's there's a point of view similar to that where I think folks don't even know that they're being sold a story. I distinctly remember going to, I don't even know what movie, but, I've, but probably about 15 years ago, going to some movie with my father, and he was like, oh, well, you know, I, I like movies from back in the day because they didn't have a message. These days, everything has to have a message, and... The reality is movies from back in the day had a message. It was just one that was affirming everything that he thought and didn't make him think about everything. 
That's true. Uh, That's very true. You know, um, he brought up King Kong, the original one. It's not having a message. Well, it definitely has a message. That message is racist. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, so I think sometimes people don't really know what they're consuming. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not everybody's obligation to do a close watch or a close reading of everything. But I do think that sometimes that they don't really realize what they're taking in. It's very true. It's very true. Now I see why you're a better writer, Steve. Jesus. <laughs> it's like, now I see why. It's very, very true. Oh, man. I mean, that kind of leads me into something I wanted to ask you is kind of like something, not personal, but something that I was kind of curious about was, why comics for you? Like, what what does it in? Because I feel like you could be a really good novel writer too. So why is it comics, man, that you chose to do it for like a passion and a career and storytelling? I mean, I like I like the collaborative aspect of comics a mm. lot, you know, and, and and that from top to bottom, uh, it is it is. Every time you go on Twitter, all you ever see is people talking about how, like, artists aren't credited and all these things and how wrong that is. And it is wrong because, realistically, like, this is a collaborative uh, effort. And, yeah. you know, you we can't uh, – and not – and by the way, not just with your, your letters, but with your, your letterer, your editor, exactly. uh, your, your colorist, everyone involved – so what I like about comics is like, yeah, ideas might start either with me or with in the artist, the, you know, depending on like kind of create your own book. It's, it's really both of us from the beginning uh, for the most part. Mm. But, you know, that whole team is a series of vectors that leads to the final product that is not what, exactly what you imagined. Uh, and, and hopefully is surprising. Hopefully it's surprising and energizing to you. Uh, as well as, of course, readers who are getting into it. And, and so I like I like the synergistic aspect of it. It's risky. You know, making comics is risky. When you're doing a novel, for the most part, you control every single aspect. Mm. Uh, that's not the case here. It's not the case when it goes how it should be. Uh, writers are not in charge, quote-unquote, in comics, and I push back against anyone who acts like that. We're part of a team, and we yeah. might be the first to hold the baton. And, and it's actually important to remember we are the first to hold the baton. So we can't be here, like, resting on our laurels and, like, fingering our ass while people who need to do their work and eat, you know, so they yes. can eat and do their own thing, uh, are, are waiting for us. So we have to remember we're part of a team, and that's a great thing. It means being, uh, you know, offering up more risk. Hey folks, Dakota here with a little bit of an ad break, but this is one you definitely want to listen to if you guys are a comic fan, which you are if you're listening to the show. You guys like comics and you like reading them in person. Well, let me tell you, go to Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. This is not just a hype thing for this ad. Let me tell you, I've been going there for years. I've had Cam Brown on the show all the time. Such a good guy. It's such a good community. Everyone who works there, they know you. They, you get your box number. You get your thing. You get all you need to do there. You get your collectible toys, car, whatever it may be, comics. It's all there for you guys. That's Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. Here's the address, 5801 West Glendale Avenue, Glendale, Arizona, in downtown Glendale. And if you guys want to visit them, you can visit them, drawntocomics.com, or find them on social media on the number 623-847-9090. You give them a call. Definitely, guys, I love going to the store. And this is not a fucking lie. I love going. It's so amazing. Thanks, everyone. And hopefully, you guys check them out if you're in Arizona or maybe passing through. Remember, guys, Drawn the Comics. Go check it out for your books. Reading books in person is so much better than digital. But I love digital too, so it's a little bit of a toss-up. Support brick-and-mortar companies. We definitely need you to. Thanks, everyone. And now, without further ado, I'm going to take it back 
to future me. It means things that you screw up might not turn out the exact way that you intended in your mind. But if you're not ready for that, in my opinion, you should be doing something else. I, I, I like that you are, when a team is working, you're essentially knowing what you can control, knowing what you can't control, and accepting it. Because you trust the people you're working with to do what they do best. And you want that from them as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a reason, uh, you know, I, I not only credit artists, but on my creator owns, I, I cut in my letterer and my colors as well on ownership because they all matter. Uh, yeah. They're all part of the team. And you see that in my originals, books like Martian Manhunter. I was one of the first people that included actually my editors in a roundtable discussion in the back matter for that book because they're part of that too. It's true. Um, it's true. So when everything works, you really are sort of like creative Voltron uh, to make a comic. <laughs> and that doesn't really happen anywhere else. Um, and I've, I've always been a fan of it. That's the best. I, I'm the blown or anything i'm telling you the truth on this that is the best thing i've ever heard anybody say to that the honestly like it's 100 percent true i'm sitting here like god damn it you're right like also voltron very nice uh it's really cool in that sense that you're absolutely right like i think it's a misunderstood thing with comics and people like oh it's the writer and artist like no it is a team like that's why i love that you've done that because there's so many people that go into it. It's not just a writer and artist. It's God, I can't even tell you. I got like I think four people on each book of mine. Like we and without them, it would fall apart. Like everybody is integral to the the position and the job. Like that's why I've had inkers on the show before and I've had letters on the show. And people are like, why'd you bring on these people? Like, because their job matters too. I wanted like I wanted to find out more about what they've done for their own series or for big companies. Like everybody's job matters in comics and yeah yeah i really think i really really appreciate that man well that's what i'm here for uh and you know you you, you it's my opinion i'm sure people will disagree but you know i'm here to say what i think yeah no oh, yeah no i your opinion to me i agree with the opinion because man it's just it's true and there's just some you've left me at a loss for words and on a podcast that's just like that's the best i have right but I definitely think that. And can you ever see yourself doing anything other than comics? So, like, maybe not novels, but, or do you think it's like, you know what? I'll do comics for a very, very long time. I mean, I'll do them for a long time, but I would love, I mean, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to adapt stuff for animation. I'd love to, I mean, especially in animation these days. Um, I mean, listen, we we all, I, I, I like, for the same reasons that I like comics, I like screenplay format for different reasons, you know, like I should say, so when I say for the same reason, I'm sounding like an asshole because they're for different reasons. What I like is that they each have their own unique, um, possibilities and they each have their own, um, positives and negatives, but I love the sort of organic conversational tone that you get in, in doing screenwriting. So yeah, I mean, I would love to do that in the future. But I'm here to, I mean, I, you know, I'm here to make comics. I don't, as long as I can afford to, I don't think I would ever not be working on some sort of comic. Uh, because it, it is, you know, I started trying to break in when I was 12 years old. I'm 35 now. So, like, it's, it's already been more than half my life either trying to do this or actually doing it. And I don't think that's going to change. But I'd love to add other things in as well. Uh, mm-hmm. The opportunity to rise, for sure. Cool, man. That's awesome. Like, and honestly, too, I've been a part of a few screenwriting things, and the best, I, don't, I miss had doing it for when I've done it for films and other things as well I can't really talk about, NDAs, but writer's rooms are the best. 
They're the best. I love them so much. Like, just sitting around, you get a group full of people in there, fellow writers. You're all talking, the, the shooting the idea, shooting the shit for hours, and you got coffee all around, bagels some, sometimes, you know, some food. And it's, it's like creativity juices flowing. We're throwing ideas, making stories, making things happen. And I don't know, writer's rooms, I miss those. I, I, I hate doing the video call ones, but being in person there, man, there's nothing like it. Well, listen, the video call is the great equalizer for people who live in the East Coast and want to pitch in Los Angeles. So That the, is true. <laughs> you want to talk about like a positive and a negative. The, you know, when it, COVID has been terrible and is never not will never not be terrible. Uh, it has also been an equalizer for when I'm pitching outside of comics or even when I'm pitching in comics to people who can be in the room. Because now we're all, you know, it's a, you know we all look the same. We're all a, a three by three by five square. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it, it's been a nice equalizer versus you know I've I've been pitching in the past and it's been like a bunch of people in a room and me, on a and and you know it's hard it's hard to get a word in in many ways because everyone else there can play upon their facial expressions and things and and you can't do that when you're just a little screen it's easy to ignore a screen. So would you say it's a lot less stressful doing it on the screen through video call pitching? Uh, I mean it. Uh, no. No. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. It's, Still, it's still stressful, um, but it is at least a boon to know that it's stressful for everyone in the same way. Because it's stressful, by the way, in the room. Like, it's just different. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, when you're in the room, everybody can see you, like, fidgeting and looking uncomfortable as well. So, as, as I said, there's positives and minuses across the board. Hell, you don't have to wear pants either, so you're good. A little bit of relaxation. Or you could just wear pajama pants. I'm... <laughs> yeah, I mean, post-Jeffrey Tobin, I always, I mean, like, we, oh. we got to wear <laughs> That's true. That's that's fair. That's that's very fair. You never know what's gonna happen. Um, when I used to have my cat, I'd done video calls before, and it was a uh, like I'm not gonna I can't say what it was, but it was for a project. And I remember like all of a sudden my cat jumped on my chair, and he just starts me out, and I'm like, uh, hi, <laughs> hey guys. Well, you get to see a cameo from my cat Jasper. Here we go. And those are always a little fun icebreaker moments, I think. But yeah, man, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, what I'm do believe this does matter though and you mentioned when you started when you're 12 man and i think we've all started all of us who work in the business right now we all started when we were kids trying to break in or figuring out we wanted to do it like what was that thing that inspired like 12 year old steve to get in the comics well uh, it was actually uh, an editorial write-up about how they came up with uh, electric superman really i was i was uh i mean that was the same time i was 12 in 97 and uh, I just when I when they broke down how it all came together, I realized that a I realized the collaboration, and b I realized that the side of that that I was most likely to be successful at was writing. Uh, you know, I can, I am a visual artist a little bit, but it's not fast, and it's not what I enjoy the most. Mm -hmm. uh, so because uh, I did, I mean, I've done everything related to making a comic. I, uh, I for my thesis in college, I wrote, illustrated, and produced uh, a 100 page graphic novel oh wow I know how to do it all but i also know now what i personally like to do the best and mm. and that's how we got where we are now uh so even back then when they were talking about it uh in the you know about coming up with electric blue i just wanted to be part of it and that's when i started you know at that time reading wizard and then i uh you know i started going to comic cons and it all sort of fell together after that i um I met Steve Siegel and Joe Kelly there, who were my mentors in comedy the first year, and they were sort of like, 
every year I bring them a new script, a new idea, a new pitch, and they would tell me what had to be better about it. And eventually, there was nothing to be better. It was it was ready to go, and and they handed it off. Uh, but it took a long time, you know. Uh, as they're as they're quick to say, a lot of people never come back, and I always came back. Which shows the determination that you really wanted to do it. Like if you keep going back for more, and you're like, and you take the criticism and you make it make your piece better like that's that's the way to go about it man like i think people oftentimes don't do that and it's nice to hear that that you you did obviously you did because now you are where you are but that's awesome man and also electric blue superman though really like that's that's you don't often hear about it anymore to be honest no i'm always talking about him uh yeah. but yeah it's not for everyone but i, I was a big fan um, and i still am i think it's i think it's a lit design um it's true you know Story-wise, I mean, up for debate, but I, I do think it's a killer design. I would, I'll, I'll go to my grave saying that. So, what did you think about? This isn't a hot take question or anything like that, too. But I believe it was Lana Lane who became Superwoman, and she kind of looked like Electric Red Superwoman a little bit. Did you like that? I mean, I liked giving Lana Lang a new position. I mean, that I, that was in the same launch that I took over Supergirl. My yeah. friend Phil was writing that. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, I think it's a great design. I, I love positioning Lana anywhere. To, uh, you know, I think that he wrote; uh, she was set up to be a very strong, uh, inspirational character there. So I liked it. I mean, I brought Strange Visitor back in Supergirl because I love the blue costume as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I I I think that was a good time uh, to see Lana get a come up. Uh, I, I will be honest; I actually don't know where she is now. But back then, I was a big fan. Yeah, and that's a character. I don't, I don't remember where she is now either. Don't feel too bad. Uh, that's a character who I think is so much untapped potential. People are like, oh, it's his old love interest. Like, no, wait, Lana's a very powerful, like, really cool person. Like, she's she's awesome. Like, she's strong. She's strong willed. There's so much untapped potential with Lana Lane. And I don't know. I, I think that you could do so much with her. No, she's great. I mean, I. Superman is surrounded by strong female characters that are, True. I think, are all incredible. I wanted to feature Lois Lane more uh, when I was in DC, and it just wasn't possible at the time. But then she got a great feature with with Rucka and Perkins, um, mm. and I'm sure that will continue. Uh, I'm really excited for Elizabeth Tulloch uh, to to be her on TV as well. So yeah. um, I've always liked. I mean, uh, Lana is great. Lois is great. Fuck, I would put Laura Lamaris in there if oh. I play that. Uh, but you know, yes. maybe we'll see if I ever go, if, if they ever let me back having said that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you, trust me, I think you're good. I <laughs> think everyone, I think you're fine. I mean, if it does help too, I saw the, uh, I don't know if you caught it or not. There was a new trailer for Superman and Lois that dropped today. It looked a new, new one. It was like the official trailer or something like that. And they released one earlier, but the new trailer came out and man, it looks really, it, it looks good. Yeah, no, I did see it, and I like. I mean, I, and I'm very excited to watch it. Hey, guys and gals, Dakota here with a quick little ad break for you. So, folks, we always know the classic saying: "Wear your freak flag high." Now you can, because the Comic Chronicle podcast now has its own little merch line on Redbubble. That's right, folks. We have our own little merch line with some fun little logos. Of course, our Man of Steel-esque logo for the Comic Chronicle podcast. You can get on mugs, T-shirts, sweaters, posters, prints. All sorts of stuff like that on there. And, of course, we sell some exclusives that you may be interested in in this new world era that we live in. One of those designs we feature is the little branding called Vigilante in Training. Let people know when you wear your mask or if you want to get a sticker version of the little iconic logo there. Rough dick looking uh, pat or stamp on there on your mask that's blue, a little dark blue. 
vigilante in training. Or if you want, we have in a word bubble on there, trying to best to explain this on a podcast, in a word bubble, make comics, not war. Get that on t-shirts, sweaters, posters, a mask, buttons, phone cases, all sorts of stuff like that on there. And of course, lastly, we have Blockbuster Kid. Take on the Blockbuster logo. You know, a lot of us, like myself, we grew up a Blockbuster. Or, you know, you're a semi-medium age adult and you like Blockbuster too. You want to support the past and keep a little bit of retro on there. You can do that too. Get your t-shirts, masks, buttons, stickers with Blockbuster Kid written on there too. You can check out the store for the Comic Chronicle podcast on Redbubble. And an easier way to do so is you can click the link in the show notes below. And that will help you guys and take you straight down to it. Go to Explore Designs and see what all the fun stuff we have for you guys. See the logos for yourself and support the podcast all in the same sense i give you guys stuff for free which is the podcast and now we give you some merch wear that freak flag high folks so thanks for tuning into this episode and without further ado let's take it back to dakota from the past uh no straight up i i like i mean i like i, I like the the sort of uh, moving them back to smallville it appears to that they'd be doing like i know i know very little about it outside as a viewer because i'm not really working there for the at the moment yeah. um uh, and I, I'm excited to be a fan for it. You know, Superman is uh, one of my favorite comic characters. Uh, he's not my favorite. It's my favorite uh, at DC is, is Marsh Manhunter and Wonder Woman, but he's Ooh. probably one of them. So, like, I, I, I'm very excited every time to see him out there, and I think that Hecklin is a great Superman, so yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm very excited for that show. Yeah, it, which apparently are fighting words these days. I'm like, I, I love him since he started as Superman because I love the Supergirl show, and when seeing it, the people like, oh, he's not good. I'm like, you need to get the fuck out of here because he's awesome. Like, he's got a really great suit. He portrays Clark Kent well. He looks Superman. And, you know, it's it's all that sort of jazz like that. And, well, uh, they shouldn't be fighting words. That's like a symptom of what we talked about earlier. Like, I, uh, me liking something does not mean that someone, is else, someone else is wrong to not like it. Like, not like is not the same as good, not, or good, or good slash bad. So, um, I mean, me saying that Heckman is great, you know, he's a great version of what I see Superman as. Um, I'm sure there's folks that, as you said, that are not into it, and that's fine. Like, that, that that's the reality of a character that's 80-plus years old. That's so true. You, you've just brought up something that I will never get hot about. Like, I, I don't, you know, it, there's versions of Superman that I'm not a fan of. There's versions of Batman I'm not a fan of. Especially Wonder Woman, because she's had such such a diverse array of sort of motivations and characterizations that that's always going to be something. I mean, there's folks that really want that warlike version of her. That's not for me, mm-hmm. but there's a version uh, of that that is in line with her character still. And and if it if you love it, then that's great. You know, like we should be able to service everyone. Isn't it kind of the beautiful thing of comics? Like you have all these characters, but there's so many different versions of it. Like you just said, like. There's something to service everyone. Well, There's so many versions of the characters. To, it has to. You can't break the core, but yes. yeah, there are still myriad variations within that. You know, like, and I guess that's, you know, certainly there are things that are just not that character. Yeah. Um, but that's that's farther out of bounds than we're talking about. You know. Uh, you know, there's a reason that the Grim Knight is a multiverse Batman uh, yeah. because Batman isn't the Punisher. Uh, it's true. You know. But that's the whole dark multiverse. They are made to be versions of the characters that are broken and out of character. It's very true. Uh, it's very true, man. Uh, well, I do want to say, though, as we kind of hit the time limit, though, and I want to say it's thank you for coming on to the show. It's been kind of fun. Very enlightening episode, too, I think. I mean, I hope so. Uh, yeah. I'm, happy, well, I'm always happy to talk. Um, 
you know, I, um, I think we think a lot about these things, uh, at least I do. Uh, so yeah. I'm always happy to talk about it. Like it's, um, very little work that comes out, even though I'm working a lot, uh, everything is, is, is chosen for a reason. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm happy to come on to talk and, you know, everything we, everything we talk about, what I, what's important to me, what my passion about, like, look at what comes out this next year and, and see what your take on it is. Like I said, I, I, I'm excited, especially for the ending of Commanders in Crisis, mm. because it really is, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm writing what I think I, what, what I want out of comics and what I think they need. And it's, and, and it's not. Uh, what everyone else is doing, and 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 that doesn't necessarily mean I'm I'm shitting on what everyone else is doing, but there are there's a there's a strong passion for deconstruction of superheroes right now, and and I love a lot of them, um, but we also need a counterpoint, and this is a book that is proud to be a superhero book. It's weird, uh, it's it's optimistic, it's it's aggressive, it's idealistic, um, and it's willing to ask questions. So we're going to get to the end of that probably before the next time we talk, because it wraps up in the fall. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm excited for people to see where it goes because no one's guessed it yet. Uh, and, and, uh, and it's going to be really fun uh, when we all get there in October. I love it, man. I love it. Is there anything coming out before that that you want to promote by the way, like it, or send place people to on social media and jazz? Oh, I mean, yeah, there's a ton coming out. I think that, uh, I think that, well, first of all, uh, Project Patron is my next launch. That well, Project Patron is my next original launch, which is hitting in April uh, from from Aftershock Comics, and that is, as I said, that's that's basically what if the death and rebirth of Superman was uh, a complete con job, mm-hmm. and they replaced Superman with a robot, which is nobody awesome. knew. Uh, and this is about the team of pilots that secretly pilot that robot. Um, and then, of course, in March, my, my Marvel debut hits, finally. Darkhold is uh, on hold, but not canceled due to the pandemic. And in the meantime, on the 50th anniversary of Man-Thing, starting in March, I'm also doing a debut of a new host for Toxin uh, with Gerardo Sandoval uh, in Planet of the Symbiotes in March. And then uh, soon after, we just announced I'm doing Magneto and the, Mut- and the Mutant Force as part of this Heroes Reborn event that's coming on, I believe, in May. And that's going to be with Bernard Chang, incredible covers by Nick Bradshaw, um, Ryan Benjamin, and another, and of course Bernard Chang doing a spoiler cover that'll be uh, released once the book is out. And it's, I mean, look, man, it's a great time for X Men in general with Dawn Reign of X. Oh yeah. And this is, I mean, this is its own thing because we're set aside in the Heroes Reborn universe, but I'm super, super proud of it. Um, it's an ode to one of my favorite X Men issues, which is. Uh, Quiet psychic, psychic Rescue in Progress. It is not a silent issue, uh, you know, because we, we did have to, like, sort of let people know what's going on in this event since it's alter reality. But it's an ode to that. It's a rescue mission inside Magneto's mind uh, for the last shreds of Charles Xavier uh, with the team I'm super, super proud of. And Bernard is just an artist that, honestly, Bernard and I have been, we, we, for six years ago, we talked about working on Ryan Choi. And, and, if I, and now here we are doing X Men. So it didn't go the way we thought, but I'm, happy to finally be working with him he's an incredible incredible guy oh yeah and i saw that news and i was incredibly excited i'm like man i would i'd love as a big x-men fan and i agree with you it is a good time to be an x-men fan i was like we can talk about it and i immediately thought i'm like no there's gonna be so many ndas on that (laughs) like no (laughs) shit 
Well, I mean, it's coming out, and you know, everything I told you is is, is all true. It's I'm very excited for that, and and like I said, there's a ton coming. I have the next month in March as well, the next issue of Heavy Metal. Uh, my sort of heavy metals version of a young adult book launches. Uh, it's called Starward, which is like a very sarcastic, uh, a very sarcastic heavy metal Sailor Moon by me. <laughs> I guess is what I would say, I and, and I'm excited for that to come out. And there's launches that folks don't even know about. I have a launch in August. Uh, that's my first step into middle grade uh, type books, and I can't say more about that. But the news will be out soon, and it's part of. I can't even say who it's with, but. It's middle grade. I've never done that before. I'm super excited about it. Super emotional story. And it's the launch of an overall YA and MG line at a publisher. So a lot of faith put in me and my co-writer for that. Uh, and and just really, really excited. I have a gay horror book coming out. There's a ton coming up, like I said. Uh, you know, and, 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 and it just keeps going. So it's, uh, it's a lot of hustle, uh, but folks are going to get a lot from me in a lot of different spaces. And that's a good place to be. You said I was busy, by the way. I don't know how the fuck you do it. I don't know how. Like that's there's so well, much the stuff. Boston Red, my friend. Oh, yes. <laughs> that would do it. That would do it. Well, thank you, good man, for coming on the show. Uh, do you want to uh, send people to Twitter, or Instagram, or anything like that for you? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So follow yeah. me on Twitter. It's at the Steve Orlando, and uh, that's also on Instagram at the Steve Orlando. It's kind of a Venn diagram. Instagram is a little more health and fitness and a little less comics and Twitter's the reverse. Uh, but you'll get both on books. Fair enough. Sweet. Thank you. Good man. And I'll let you know when the episode comes out, but you rock. Okay. This, I can't wait to see everything that comes up from you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, I will promote once we're ready to go. Sweet. Thank you, man. You have a good rest of your day. Okay. You too. Bye. <laughs>